Ladies and gentlemen, welcome to another edition of 15 Minute You. I'm Evan Wazork. That's my brother Matt. Fighting Penguin. <laughs> we are here to bring you a recap of everything that happened in college football last week and a look ahead at next week. Quick admin note for the folks at home. With the onset of bowl season, we're going to be changing it up slightly. Our plan is to take 5-10 to 10 minute preview episodes before the major bowl games and FCS playoff games. We're going to try and get all the taping done during the week of Christmas. We'll edit those and try and release those 3-5 to five days before the game in question. We're also looking at getting some more guests on the show. So everyone, you know, look out for those episodes as they come out and get excited for those guests. But most Matt, wonderful time of the year. Most wonderful time of the year. Matt, let's let's get into what might be the biggest shocker of the college football season. And by that, I mean not a shocker at all. Lamar Jackson won the Heisman. No. Uh, I know. I know you're just, you're no just shocked to hear that. I didn't see it coming, but he did. What I really want to give Lamar props to or someone in his family, whoever uh, picked out that out for him, I have to give him one of these. <laughs> That outfit, my friend, was awesome. If you haven't seen it, I'll put it on the website. It was a red jacket. It had a bow tie, French cuff shirt. Man looked on point. Matt, better dresser, Lamar Jackson or our father, Marty Wazork? <laughs> uh, Jackson killed it. He brought his nine to the Heisman Show for sure. Uh, the red jacket was festive. But Marty taught us how to dress, so I'm not about to knock him on the pod. So for now, <laughs> I need to see a larger body of work out of Jackson. Uh, speaking of the Heisman, though, fun fact, John W. Heisman, the award's namesake, also in Ohio, dude. Huh. Born in Ohio City, just outside of Cleveland. Shout out to our main man and weekly listener, Joe Maduri, a current Ohio City resident with that staff. Shout out, Joe. All right. Um, Matt, Tr- uh, Jackson did not beat Troy Smith's 2006 totals, which you sort of alluded to in our last podcast. Yeah. Is that the only thing surprising about this year's Heisman race? Wow, we were just kind of reaching last week because we knew that Jackson was going to win. The only thing surprising about this year's Heisman race is that Leonard Fournette and Christian McCaffrey actually weren't part of the race. Here's one thing I didn't understand about the whole awards show thing, though. Deshaun Watson won the Davey O'Brien Trophy for Mm -hmm. the nation's best quarterback, but he's second-team All-American? Yeah. How does that make sense? It could be one starter. I mean, you're going to snub the Heisman winner in favor of the Heisman loser? So I, I did think about that too, and some of the a lot of the awards will overlap. I, like, I what's the difference between the Maxwell Award winner and the Heisman Award winner and the Walter Camp Award winner? Uh, Lamar Jackson won all three of those. Basically, you're the best player in college football for to win any of those awards. So I don't know. Uh, they could only pick one, so I think that's why Watson ended up on second team. Fair. In my opinion, the person who most deserved best fit their award, Michigan's Jake Butt who won the Mackey Award for Best 10. Now, you know, call me a homer if you will, but I I do think it's a well-deserved award. I would challenge anyone to name me a tight end who's had the same amount of success and contributed as much to their offense as Butt. Who, in your opinion, most deserved the award they won? Uh, I don't know. I mean, you're definitely a homer, I think. (laughs) Guilty. Everyone at this level is deserving awards. So competitive. I don't think you could go wrong in any of those situations. I didn't think Peppers was kind of limited in his award. Yeah. Uh, just because he was so spread thin. He's not, wasn't actually better than any of the other, you know, didn't win the Benaric, didn't win Maxwell. Yeah. Uh, obviously didn't win the Heisman. 
So did win the Paul Horning Most Versatile Player Award, which makes sense for him. But playing all over the place, hard to get love at like one position. At one position, yeah. I have to pick a most, you know, gun to my head. I thought that Cam Robinson for Offensive Lineman and Jonathan Allen for Defensive Player of the Year. Okay. They were the most dominant in their position. There's not an Offensive Lineman that's better than Cam Robinson. I don't think there's a Defensive Player, in my opinion, that's better than Jonathan Allen either. I think the Maxwell was solidly Jackson's. And the O'Brien Award really could have gone to any of the three. Thinking about the stats we talked about last week, I would have been comfortable with Jackson or Mayfield or Watson taking it. Last question. Did you see the picture on Twitter of Lamar Jackson hanging out with Johnny Manziel? How much did his, dra- his draft sock drop, and should we be concerned? Like, should I go to Manhattan and try and find Lamar Jackson right now? I don't think so. I mean, I didn't see it. You talked about it. Joe also talked to us about it. Uh, most concerning for Jackson, I think, is his size and working on getting the deep ball, being more accurate with that. So let's move on from awards. Let's talk about some actual games. Uh, let's start with Army-Navy. Army pulled off a surprising or not surprising upset, depending on where you're coming from this week. What were your thoughts about the game, Evan? Overall, great game. Very exciting the whole time. You know, you and I were texting back and forth in the second corner about how we should have just gone with our guts last week during yeah. picking and, yeah. and just taken an Army. I think that's when I knew that Army eventually was going to pull it out. you got to give Navy a lot of credit, though. I mean, it was an exciting game the whole time. Could have gone either way, really up until the last three minutes. Uh, they battled, and they kept it exciting. Um, you know, Michigan's lock against OSU isn't nearly as bad as Army's against Navy's, but I kind of know how what it feels like to be constantly dominated sure. by your biggest rival. So I have to say, of all my incorrect picks this year in Pick'em, I can genuinely say I ain't even mad about picking this one wrong. <laughs> good for them. It was good to see them win. Michigan certainly hasn't lost to Ohio State 14 times in a row. That would be a lot to swallow. Yeah. Do you think Navy's problem was an exhaustion problem? knowing that they played eight weeks in a row, including an emotional conference championship game last weekend, or was it sometimes in a rivalry game, records don't really matter, which you give more credence to. I mean, I certainly think you can't factor out that issue. Navy played eight weeks of football in a row, and they were, you know, they're missing their starting quarterback and their starting running back who were both injured last week. So, you, re- I mean, that was definitely part of it. Navy, you get credit to Navy's QB, Zach Aby. I mean, he was trying, but he definitely made some, you know, kind of new guy mistakes. But I, I think it's more of a rivalry game, and, you know, Navy kept it close. You got really got to credit Army's linebackers. I mean, they played lights out. The whole team just seemed to have an attack, attack, attack mindset, step on the gas and never let go. What about the Trump factor? <laughs> the president-elect was in the house for the game. He switches sides at halftime like the Navy offense finally woke up after being down 14-0. Yeah, man, maybe that Trump magic. Um, I have to admit, I did I did not put two and two together until right now. I suppose it's possible. He, you know, is going to make America great again. So maybe he's starting with college football. A, a more competitive Army-Navy rivalry certainly would make college football great. Matt, what we talked about earlier, do you think the ACC, Army, Navy, the NCAA will all work together to move the Army-Navy game? To avoid what people are kind of alluding to this week, or do you think it won't be a regular occurrence and we don't have to worry about Navy playing in a championship game and then dropping a game to Army? Yeah. One, no, I don't think the NCAA will get involved because they're still working on projects that they were supposed to finish like five years ago. So <laughs> Fair. can't see them adding this to their plate. I I don't know. Maybe it's a good team in the AAC. I, they could be back in that championship game. I do think that Army-Navy... I enjoy it, and they do deserve the spotlight of having their 
being the only game, you know, FBS game that's on TV at the end of the season, which has been a tradition for them. I think that they would put that tradition over, you know, whatever chaos they were trying to avoid with <laughs> Navy maybe being the highest rated group of five team. But shout in that game to Vern Lundquist. Come to oh, the yeah. final game on Saturday for CBS. Brad Nessler, former host of College Game Day, will be taking over for Lundquist on CBS. Not only former CBS host Nestler Matt, but also voice of the greatest football video game that is the NCAA <laughs> college football games. Brad Nestler is in there. Just want to yeah, shout him out for that. So I'm excited for that transition. But Matt, while the whole world was watching Army-Navy, some FCS teams were fighting for their playoff lives. Yeah. Yesterday was the quarterfinals at the FCS. The remaining teams that came out of the... The dust as it had settled, North Dakota State, James Madison, Youngstown State, and Eastern Washington. I was looking at the bracket yesterday during the North Dakota uh, State-South Dakota State game, um, and I noticed that some teams have seeds, some teams don't. Can you explain to the folks at home how the FCS bracket works? Sure. So the FCS, there's 10 conferences in there. Yeah. Each conference sends an athletic director as a representative to be on the FCS playoff committee. There are 11 auto bids. If you win your conference, you automatically get into the playoff. There's 24 total teams. I believe they start the weekend after Thanksgiving with their playoff. So 11 of those are automatic, and then the rest of them are selected. The other 13 are selected by the committee. Although the South Western Athletic Conference and the Mid-Eastern Athletic Conference, which are primarily made up by historically black colleges and universities, don't participate in the hmm. playoff. Uh, since last year, the champions of those two conferences meet up in what's called the Celebration Bowl instead, which is actually one of the bowl games we're going to pick later happening on Saturday. What a novel concept outlined by the FCS schools. If only, <laughs> if only we could somehow do that with FBS. Hmm, weird. Anyways, Matt, North Dakota State has the potential to win their sixth straight FCS championship, which would be a record. Do you think they have the juice to pull it out? I think they're the favorite right now. We'll see. James Madison stomped St. Yeah. State on Friday night in that uh, quarterfinal. James Madison was 42 nothing at half. They went <laughs> on to win 65-7. to They're the four seed. They're up against North Dakota on, on Friday night. I'm interested to see how that game plays out. You know, as a guy Youngstown State fan, you know, we used to go to Youngstown State fans when we were little back when Trestle was coaching. Yeah, yeah. Uh, I got to say, I'm pulling for the Penguins, so I don't know. What do you think? Oh, man. Um, yeah. I would love to see Youngstown State win for the fans at home. Our mother grew up in Youngstown, um, and we right. we did use and, – and is a graduate of Youngstown State, and we used to go to those games. So it'd be cool. I don't know, man. The North Dakota looks pretty good based on that game against South Dakota, so we'll see. But <laughs> Great name. Great name. Great name. But what do you, Matt, what do you think is more impressive? North Dakota State's title runs, their body of work, or D3 yeah. Mountain Union? I mean, North Dakota State's in a great place right now. Talk about a time to be from the Great Plains. You had North Dakota State playing South Dakota State. Oh, and for sure. Had, I would have loved to, to go on, you know, somewhere to, up there watching a game at a bar. Yeah. Uh, yeah. That's going to be fun. In terms of what is more impressive, very impressed by North Dakota State, but it's got to go to Mount Union. This year is the first time since 2004, the count of 12 years, that Mount Union won't be in the national championship Correct. for Division Three, also known as the Stag Bowl. The Purple Raiders fell 
to undefeated Mary Harden Baylor on Saturday, 14 to 12. Mary Harden Baylor is going to move on to face Wisconsin Oshkosh in the Division Three National Championship game. So. What a run for Mountain Union. They lost their first regular season game in forever, and then they're actually not in the title game this year. But incredible accomplishment for that program. Let's talk about some coaches, though. This is one of our favorite topics in college football, this ever-evolving coaching carousel. We've talked on lo- offline this week about uh, being really happy with some of the hires for the 2017 yeah. season. Uh, what are some of your favorites? Well, I think the, the best hire in general – is going to be P.J. Fleck extending his contract at Western. I uh, know not quite per se a hire, but I think the continuity is huge for Western. I think it puts him in the pole position uh, to lead the group of five next year. But, I mean, there there have been some other great hires. Major Applewhite got promoted at Houston, Charlie Strong at UCF. But, yeah, I think my favorite is Fleck staying at Western. Interesting. What's the worst hire? Worst hire? This is a real tough call. I think there are two that you could entertain. I, I think... Most of them are good. I just want to preface that. But I think Tom Allen at Indiana. Indiana apparently just didn't interview anyone else. That doesn't make a lot of sense to me. Uh, They just promoted their defensive coordinator. Even if he's a qualified guy, like you're not going to interview anyone else. Uh, And then Willie Taggart at Oregon. I think Taggart's a good coach. He's done great stuff down at uh, USF. But I question, like... They're recruiting previously and his schemes, and are they going to have some sort of Michigan Rich Rod situation where this, you know, this it takes a while for the players to, to uh, get used to the scheme, and then you know the alumni and the boosters are all pissed because they're losing. Sure. Yeah, I, I agree. I mean, the Taggart hire at Oregon shows they're trying to do things completely different than how they've done them in the past. Tom Allen, I also question. It seemed like the administrator had a problem with Kevin Wilson's culture of the team, like the way in which he was talking to players. So then you promote one of his assistants to be the head coach. I don't really know what that means. There are two uh, FBS jobs still open. One is Western Kentucky. The other is Temple. Both their head coaches moved to other programs. Do you have any candidates for these jobs? Not, I mean, not off the top of my head. The you know the the, the three big name coaches left: Les Miles, Mark Helfrich, Tommy Tuberville. I mean, if you can call the two of those big names, I mean, I think they're good coaches, but. I, I think both of these jobs are probably going to go to, uh, if not coordinators already at the team, like in-conference coordinators yeah. would be Agreed. my would be my bet. When is the Arkansas job going to be open, and why is it not open right now? <laughs> uh, interesting question. Loaded question, if you ask me. I think if they were going to fire him before their bowl game, they would have done it by now. So I think he's at least safe to the bowl game. You know, maybe if... Arkansas drops their bowl game. He gets fired. But my gut tells me Bielema's going to be the head coach at Arkansas for their season opener. I do think he'll have the hottest seat in college football. And I think, like, if they get blown out by Auburn, you know, they lost to them, like, 56-3 to this year. If that happens again, he's gone midseason. Well, we'll see. You know he has an Iowa Hawkeye tattooed on his hip. He, <laughs> he forgot. He does. Yeah. Yeah. True. True. Uh, but anyways, enough talking about last week. Man, it's that magical time of the year. Bowl season. You want to get in to pick them? Let's pick them. All right. Well, folks at home, we were both over last week. So we're going to go through. We're going to pick in some bowl games, some FCS games. I'm just going to breeze through the ones we agree with. We got the AFR Celebration Bowl featuring North Carolina Central versus Grambling State. We're both going with Grambling. We have the Gildan New Mexico Bowl featuring uh, New Mexico University versus University of Texas San Antonio. We're both going with New Mexico. 
the Las Vegas Bowl featuring Houston versus San Diego State. We're both taking Houston. The RL Carriers New Orleans Bowl. We're both taking uh, University of Louisiana Lafayette. They are playing Southern Miss. And then in the FCS semifinals, we have North Dakota State versus James Madison. We're both taking North Dakota State. Now, on to the games where we disagree. We have the Raycom Media Camille Bowl. Good Lord, these names, committee. Ease up. I'm getting sick of reading these. (laughs) App State uh, versus Toledo. I'm taking App State. You're taking Toledo. Anything other than Ohio Pride? Mostly Ohio Pride. Give Max some love. Give Ohio some love. Went with Toledo. Fair. Auto Nation Cure Bowl USF or UCF, excuse me, versus Arkansas State. I'm taking Central Florida. You're taking Arkansas State. Again, I think it's toss up. More so gut than anything. And then getting back into the FCS semifinals, we have Eastern Washington versus Youngstown State. I'm taking Eastern Washington. Sorry, Mom. You're taking Youngstown State. Again, Ohio Pride or... No, die easy, man. Gotta go with the okay, heart. Fair enough. I, I won't be mad if the Penguins pull it off. And then finally, Division Three National Championship game, the Stag Bowl. Mary Harden Baylor versus Wisconsin Oshkosh. To quote Lee Corso, Mary Harden Baylor, I think I dated her in high school. I'm going with Mary Harden Baylor. Uh, Wisconsin Oshkosh has been in the, the championship recently. Yep. Uh, up against Mount Union. So I think that their experience is why I took them over Mary Harden. Fair but enough. We'll see. Fair enough. Thank you so much, folks, for tuning in. This has been another episode of 15 Minute U. Remember, you can find us on iTunes or wherever else you get your fine podcasts. Hit the subscribe button so you never miss an episode. Kick off the most wonderful time of the year next Saturday with six bowl games on deck and the FCS semifinals Friday and Saturday night. While you're posting up to get the bowl season started next weekend, Evan has a new drink recipe for the holiday. Evan's gotten into something called a Colonial Boy. A little iffy on the name, <laughs> but explain to us how one makes a Colonial Boy, Evan. Just to avoid confusion, I did not come up with the drink or name it. I just happened to enjoy it. Um, a Colonial Boy. It's a whiskey-based uh, drink. Calls for Irish whiskey, but you could, pr- I mean, I've had a couple. You could probably use any kind of whiskey you want. So it's three-fourths of an ounce of Irish whiskey, a dash of bitters, five ounces of hot tea, and a, ta- and a teaspoon of sugar. Uh, tea, emphasis on hot, so that way it dissolves all the sugar. Tastes great. So a great warm adult beverage, similar to a hotty toddy on a winter's night, ladies and gentlemen. The Colonial Boy. Look to give it a try. Thank you so much. Remember, folks, don't pick them like my brother. And don't pick them like my brother. Going to have a bunch of Colonial Boys at the Christmas party or what? You're making them. Fair, fair. Be just tossing them. I mean, like, if it's there, I'll drink it. <laughs> Fair enough.